Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this is episode 27. This episode is really exciting for me because I am interviewing Sarah Bivens, who is the co-host of another home birth podcast that's been around the block a good bit longer, the Doing It at Home show. Holy moly, she and her husband, Matthew, have such a fantastic show, and she is a blast to interview. She is so much fun, so insightful and spirited, and you are just going to love this interview. So I cannot wait. Before we jump in, I want to wish you a happy June, happy due month to me and my baby. Baby is not here as of recording this intro, so I have a feeling it'll still probably be a week or so. We'll see. Um... But so happy June to you guys. I also want to give a thank you to my reviewer of the week, and that is going to be the pocket knife. And this review says uplifting to listen to. I love listening to this. It's so encouraging to hear stories of beautiful home births. I don't have any children, but when I do, I am going to heavily consider a home birth. That is so exciting. Thank you so much to The Pocket Knife. If you'll email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will be sending you a Happy Home Birth sticker for you to put upon whatever you would like. So if you are listening to this episode right now, go ahead and take a screenshot, send it to your Instagram stories, tag Happy Home Birth Podcast, and I will be featuring you in my stories. Also, I am really curious if you have had more than one birth when did you go into labor? Like, were your labor times very different? So for example, I went into labor at 39 weeks and six days with my first, or actually I had the baby then I went into labor at like 39 and four. So when did you go into labor? I'm curious, do I have forever to go? Is it going to be early? Is it going to be late? And I know you guys can't actually tell me this, but clearly it's really, really useful to take everyone's information and decide based upon that when I'm going to have my baby. So play along and put that in your Instagram stories and tag happy home birth podcast and let me know. Other than that, I've got nothing for you on this end. I'm just super excited to jump into this show. Uh, check out the doing it at home podcast. Once you finish listening to this episode, I know you're going to want to do that anyway, because it's amazing. Uh, but I will be interviewing with them as well this week. So that's going to be a really good time. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember that the opinions of my guests do not necessarily reflect my own opinions and neither of us are medical providers. So this does not take the place of you going to see your doctor or if you're like me, your chiropractor. So sit back and enjoy Sarah's interview. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me, Caitlin. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I am so excited to have you. And if you wouldn't mind, would you start off by introducing yourself to the listeners? You've got so much to to share and give. I just can't wait. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, well, my name is Sarah Bivens. I uh, wear a few hats. Uh, well, the ones that will probably be most relevant today are I am the co-host of the Doing It at Home podcast, a podcast that I host with my husband, Matthew, about home birth. So we are in great company right now. Um and that, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that journey a little bit, but that is our podcast basically about our journey into home birth as well as sharing other home birth stories. And then that's really just been a passion project of ours for a couple of years now. So then in my more uh, day job, I guess you could say, which is not even really a day job being that it's entrepreneurial and I work from home and all that jazz, but I'm a balanced lifestyle coach and I work with mothers specifically to connect them with their identity, purpose, confidence, sexuality in the experience of motherhood and kind of integrating all of those things. And then I have another podcast that I host by myself called the balance and motherhood podcast. So there's a couple of things that I'm, I'm working on there. I'm also wife to my husband, Matthew you and mama to my daughter, Maya. Oh, absolutely amazing. And I saw recently that, do you have a new membership program? Is that what's going on over there? I do. And it is what's going on over here. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Orgasmic Mama is the name of it. And that's exactly what it is. So it is an online membership 
for mamas to access essentially my coaching and ways to get in on that conversation uh, when one-on-one coaching might not be the best or most uh, feasible option for you at the time, whether it be uh, you know resources, investment of, of money, whatnot. And so I really wanted to provide a platform and a community for mamas to have a place to explore the conversations that I believe we're all starving to have, particularly around our sexuality as mothers. And so in there is, you know, audio, video content, downloadable kind of coursework kind of things that you can take the the lessons, take the philosophy and put it into action immediately. So yeah, Orgasmic Mama launched just a couple of weeks ago. And so you can join at any time and new content is added monthly. So I'm really excited about it. That's amazing. Congratulations. You are just all over the place. That's Thank so you. exciting. Thanks. Well, so I would love for us to start talking about your home birth podcast. And and what I think is really interesting is that you guys, like you said, you were an entrepreneur before you started the Doing It at Home podcast. So what was your life pre-decision to have a home birth? What were you guys working on and what was daily life like? Great question. And, you know, Matthew and I joke about this all the time that when we do put ourselves back in that place before we got pregnant, before we had Maya, we think, what the hell were we doing? You know, like it is <laughs> yes. kind of a blur in that sense. And then it's also just a joke as far as time and how you spend it and just thinking, how what were we doing? Like, we didn't know how much time we had really, because to be doing the things that we are currently and be, you know, working from home, you know, parenting Maya, all those things. I'm just astounded at how I'm able to do that and how I don't understand how I didn't like conquer the world before. Um, but anyway, that aside before getting pregnant, uh, Matthew and I were both working for, we were both working for a marketing agency in Atlanta and it was a small agency and it allowed us the, the time flexibility and the way to live our, our lives and our lifestyle in which we could work from home. We could break up our days in, in how we wanted. And we just really got used to that way of living. And so we were pretty set on, okay, this is, this is going to be long-term, you know, this is the kind of life that we want to have. And, uh, I shifted out of that agency and actually took a, a career shift and started being a personal trainer. So I was training clients in fitness. And then as that evolved and kind of took its own journey, I saw where the opportunity was to coach people on lifestyle and consciousness and kind of have a holistic approach to, you know, how you were living your life, your habits, your lifestyle. And so that's what I was doing, a combination of training people one-on-one in the gym, as well as working with clients remotely, you know, from anywhere in the world on, on that piece. So there we were just, you know, chugging along, doing our thing. And we found out we were pregnant the same week that Matthew decided to leave the agency that we had both been working at and he was still working with, and he was going to go into his own consulting and, you know, just carve out his own thing of what he was going to be doing. Whoa. And so that was really fascinating to be like, okay, (laughs) a lot of life change, you know, is, is coming for us. (laughs) So, um, that, that was a little bit of what life was like, you know, um, we we're still the same people in a lot of ways. I would say we still enjoy a lot of the same things. Um, but just a, a little bit different. Oh, that is so neat. And I love the entrepreneurial aspect because you have really brought that in clearly so much with, with your doing it at home podcast. That's mm-hmm. so cool to hear. And so obviously we know from the podcast that having a home birth really changed your lives. So I would love for you to just share your experience, starting with the pregnancy and the prenatal care. What was it like? Were you initially planning on having a home birth? No is the short answer to that. (laughs) And, you know, getting pregnant for us was, was such a magical experience in and of itself because we decided we wanted to get pregnant. We decided we wanted to conceive. We're very clear on that. And we got pregnant two seconds later. So (laughs) there's that. And so we're very aware of that though. Now, you know, being that we're, we're talking about when we'll have our next child in the next year ish, two ish years or so. And so we're just very cognizant of that when we have these conversations, because we, we know how clear we can be with our intentions. And so we just need to keep that in check. Um, But, you know, we got pregnant, like I said, two seconds later, and I was really just excited about the getting pregnant aspect. And I I think I've found this in other areas of my life, and I'm sure other people can relate, you know, 
you stay in the space of being excited, let's say, or planning for the thing that that's there, that's right in front of you. And I think if you were to be thinking of every step after that and really engrossed in the process and in the, the planning and the preparation for each of those, I mean, we would just combust, you know, like that's too much to really process, or at least for my brain, you know, so when you're thinking about planning your wedding, you're really into the wedding aspect and then you're married and you're like, Oh my God, I'm married. So I think it's similar with having a baby, you know, you're very fixated on pregnancy and then, then eventually planning for birth. And then you're like, Oh my God, I'm a parent. <laughs> so at least that's how it's gone for me. So when we got pregnant, I just did the only thing that I knew to do. And that was to call my OB, my OBGYN that I had seen since we had been living in Atlanta over the past couple of years, which means I had literally seen him probably two times. And, uh, so that was our only, you know, reference, our only kind of established relationship. And it was just total assumption that I would birth in a hospital. I did have in the back of my mind, just because of, of my personal experience with my body and some other, you know, health related things I've had in the past that I was very keen on having it as natural quote unquote as possible. And so, you know, I knew my mom, my mother birthed, birthed three children without any sort of intervention. And so I knew it was possible. So I just kind of had that already in me. So I was, I was clear on a couple things that I wanted to experience, um, namely not being attached to anything. I wanted to roam freely. If, you know, if it allowed, I wanted access to water. If that was available, I wanted, uh, to be able to eat and drink freely. So there were just things that as we moved through the pregnancy and as we established this relationship now with our OB, you know, became clear that that's what I wanted. And I will say that uh, we really enjoyed our OB. He, uh, he, uh, had a great personality. We jived well. Uh, we were able to communicate very effectively. It's just that as the list started forming of what we wanted to experience for him in particular, and for that hospital in particular, that, you know, this varies around the country and around the world, you can totally have your list be met by certain hospitals and, um, establishments, but it, it just wasn't with this one. It wasn't going to, uh, to mesh. You know, some of our things were being crossed off as we went through the list, like water, like, um, monitors, this and that and the other. So that led us into exploring, okay, what else? what else could we do? Um, and around that same time I had been watching a DVD series, which was really great. And I recommend it to other mamas called happy, healthy child. Mm. Um, so I can, I can send you info on that and a link and whatnot. But as I watched that DVD series, you know, I just saw birth in ways I had never seen before ways I had heard birth talked about in ways I had never heard it talked about. And so that just started slowly expanding and opening my mind while at the same time, you know, wasn't connecting the two things, but then brought them together. You know, here I was watching and listening to this stuff. And at the same time, realizing that some of the things I wanted to experience in my birth were not going to be possible the way that I thought they were going to be. So then when that connection got made, I started exploring and looking around a little bit and asking a friend of a friend who knew a midwife, you know, a nurse midwife who did work in a hospital, but I got connected with her and she knew a midwifery practice that did home birth. And they were like 10, 15 minutes from our house. And so set up a meeting with them, had an appointment, you know, a consultation hour plus long, asked questions. They, you know, they shared Matthew was a big part of the process, which that was one of the big, biggest differentiators. I would say I noticed off the bat with the midwifery, this particular midwifery model of care and and what they provided was Matthew was a part of the experience with me. You know, like it wasn't, he was off in the corner and the doctor only addressed me and only talked about me and my body and this, you know, that it was, is it was an experience we were having together. You know, we were both pregnant is how I really looked at it and how Matthew really wore on the experience as well. And so I really appreciated that just team community approach to the experience and, and on top of that, just the, the total trust that they had in my body, in me, in our baby and the expertise and the knowledge and the experience that they brought to the, to the table just was really impressive as well. And, uh, I think a lot of paradigms got shifted for both myself and Matthew in that first meeting. And, um, it wasn't, I will say as well, and this is along the way from when we first thought we wanted to do something different to then when we finally made the decision, we went back and forth, Matthew and I, and we're, we're, uh, we make it a point to mention that whenever we talk about our journey, that it wasn't just this, everything clicked in at once. It, it took a minute. So at first I was like, Hey, what about this home birth thing? And he was a little reticent. 
And then somehow the tables turned and he was fully on board for home birth. And I was kind of leaning back into putting on a hospital gown. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know about this. And somehow, you know, through that, I'm, th- I'm sure it was more conversations, some more just personal reflection and value searching with, you know, within ourselves and as a couple and as a family, we synced up and we were in full alignment and didn't look back from that point. And that came around 18, 19 weeks, you know, so we were almost halfway into the pregnancy when we made this decision and and started, you know, making the arrangements and lining up with the midwives. And I would say through that process, you know, we were clear on what we wanted to do. And I think it's just very natural. I was looking for ways to connect more with what we were choosing as in seeing other families, seeing other women who I felt like were kind of like us making that decision as well, or what it was like for them. And we just really, at the time, weren't finding anything that connected as far as a resource, a book, a a whatever. And being, you know, that's where like the entrepreneurial mind kind of comes back into play. And Matthew, Matthew at that point had launched himself, his own podcast, which he was, you know, still running and is still, um, still leading, still hosting. He had launched a number of other podcasts for businesses, you know, in his marketing consulting. So he had the, the wherewithal, he had the equipment, he knew how to do it. And I thought, well, wouldn't it just be cool for posterity kind of thing to sit down weekly, talk about our experience, talk about some of the challenges we've been going through, whether it was sharing with our family, unsolicited feedback from others, you know, fears, real raw, visceral fears we were having about the the whole experience. And what if we just recorded that all and kind of launched it as this, you know, fully packaged podcast, like here is our journey to home birth. And, you know, Matthew was totally on board. And so there we sat in our bed almost weekly and just put a little recorder in between the two of us. And that's what we did. And, um, you know, to, to bring that full rounded, you know, that aspect of the story, we launched the podcast the same week that Maya was born. And then it wouldn't be for a couple more weeks, you know, after launching and after posting, you know, the additional, uh, content that we had, one of them being our own birth story, which we sat down and shared a couple days after Maya was born. Then from, from out of the woodwork, these women and mothers and other people involved in the birth world we're, we're responding to it, you know, we're commenting on it, we're experiencing it and wanted to share their story. And that's where all the light bulbs went off. And what started for me is just this thing of, of sharing our story, right. Of opening up and, you know, here's a little bit of our world, which was great and is still great and is a huge part of it. But this huge part that I didn't even realize was what we could do as far as providing a space, a platform for women and other mothers to share their stories and to connect and to feel heard and to have what we were looking for at the very beginning of our pregnancy. And so that is just like, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Like it was so much more and it was always going to be so much more than I thought it was going to be. And, um, now just being immersed in this birth world, it's just so fascinating and so fun and awesome. You know, what I didn't know at the beginning, you know, from when I first peed on the stick to now, as far as that there is, there is place there there is place and space for this conversation. You know, it just, I just didn't realize it at first, you know, I didn't know that Instagram had this huge pool of like birth junkies, but, but it (laughs) exists. And so now that I'm here, I'm, I'm loving being in it and swimming in it. Um, but that's kind of the, the podcast aspect of, of how it took us through the journey of pregnancy. And then outside of that, my pregnancy was, was beautiful. I, I really loved being pregnant and I totally get women on all sides of it. The women who don't really enjoy the experience. And I love that when they're, they're real about that, you know, and really authentic with the, like, I didn't love necessarily being pregnant. I love my children. I love being a mom, but I didn't love being pregnant. I think that's amazing when, when women are, um, you know, upfront with that. Uh, I did love being pregnant. And, um, no complications, you know, virtually anything of of that sort. I was very healthy. I was very active and it was just excited. You know, I was very, very excited, all wondering what I'm sure a lot of mamas do, you know, what's baby going to look like? What's baby going to sound like? Um, we did find out Maya was a girl. I don't even think I could have waited as far as understanding, knowing the, the, the gender, knowing the sex I, I had to know, um, And so we were very excited to have a baby girl and 
those, those midwife appointments were just amazing. Matthew came to every single one, you know, they were each about an hour. And we also towards the end, as we got closer to, and we prepared for, you know, the home visit when our midwives were going to come check out the scene and see where everything was going to be set up. Um, we also had our birth team come to at least one appointment. So every member of our birth team and we stacked up a large birth team. I now understand and recognize it completely worked for us and what we needed. And at the same time, I understand that it doesn't work for everyone. And I totally get why, you know, some women would want just themselves, their partner and their midwife, and that's it. Um, it, it just really worked out well for us to have, um, there were a total of 10 people in our bedroom when Maya was born, not counting Maya. (laughs) It was a full house. Uh, yes. All-star team though. Yes, it certainly was. And, you know, everyone had a role. So we were very intentional in how we set up that team and how we assembled it. So uh, I had someone on me, you know, kind of as a doula-esque role, but not a not a formal doula. Um, I really thought it was important for Matthew to have someone. And this was something that back when, when I was watching the videos and reading some of the books that I did read, you know, hearing about the partner's perspective and the partner's experience. And I, I keyed in on that for some reason. And I just felt that that was something to really be honored as well, that they are a big part of this and that they have their own unique experience of it. And a lot of the accounts and and things that I was reading of other partners were that, you know, they can get exhausted in birth as well. And sometimes even on the, on the other end of the birth experience, you know, they're not getting the cocktail flood of hormones that we're getting to kind of get their body in the space of like, it's okay. You're, you're meant for this. You know, they don't have that, um, if it's a male. And so I, I don't know. It just, it really locked in my mind early on that I wanted someone to support him in terms of make sure he's fed, make sure he's hydrated. Like if he needs to go to the bathroom, like just whatever it was, I thought that was important. And so we had a a role for that. We had someone kind of helping to clean up and, and with the room and just assembling everything as well as taking pictures. And then Matthew's mother was present, you know, to be there as, as the grandmother and really just experience that. Um, so, and we were very, you know, serious about, it too. You know, we were very clear with everyone on what this event was and what we expected from everyone. Everyone there had witnessed a birth personally. So that was important for me as well. And yeah, they were total rock stars. So, uh, that was, uh, that was the lineup. (laughs) I think that's amazing. And I, it's funny because yes, I am on the other side. I thought that I would want tons and tons of people. Like I had this whole plan, but my uterus was like, "Mm, no girl, (laughs) you cannot do that. So yeah, definitely know thyself. And then also know thyself in labor because what you think that you might be before labor might not be what you actually are. And the ability to accept that and tell everybody to get out if you need to is super important. Yes. And so not in the sense of making everyone leave the room, but to what you said of what you think you'll kind of be like in labor and then what shows up and how it actually flows. I'm an example of that for sure. I thought, you know, we would know labor was coming on and we'd go for a walk. Maybe we'd still even have time to like go out on a last date. And I imagined music. I imagined, you know, bouncing on the yoga ball and just this like ethereal glow to me and, (laughs) and not like that. It was isn't going to be challenging. Like, of course I wasn't thinking it was just going to be like bubble gum and rainbows and sunshine, but I, I just saw that. Like I thought I'd be moving around. I thought I would be eating I th- you know, and none of that happened. Oh, well, what did happen? How, what how did, did how did the birth story go down? <laughs> yeah. So birth story went down. We were, oh gosh. Oh, mom brain. I want to say, oh, we were a day shy of 41 weeks. So, you know, moved past the guest date and we were kind of entering into the territory of, you know, my midwife telling me if we went another, you know, few more days, if I made it to my next appointment with her, basically, we were going to start looking at the natural induction option. So I was like, "Eh, I don't want my nipples stimulated all day and I don't want to be drinking castor oil. So I would like this to move along, please. And, you know, you're in that phase where you wake up every morning and you're like, is this the last day I'm going to be pregnant? The last shower that I take, I'm going to be pregnant. You know, all of that is happening. Um, I was doing all kinds of lunges and movements and things like that to encourage Maya to move down. Cause she was not engaging yet. Mm. So, um, we carried on with our lives and we went to a concert September 10th 
in the evening. And, uh, it was awesome. It was so much fun. It was actually a present I bought for Matthew months prior as a father's day gift for his first Ooh. father's day. And it was a concert, uh, in Atlanta out outside. Huh. So that gives you some, <laughs> some setting context as well. September Atlanta outside. What the hell? Peachy. Um, so peachy. <laughs> but it was the, Atlanta Symphony Orchestra performing John John Williams music and John Williams is the composer of great film scores like Jurassic Park and Harry Potter and Star Wars which Matthew is a huge fan of. So it was just a really great way to to be together and and celebrate and towards the end of the evening like basically as we're walking back to the car I was like I don't feel comfortable like in a more so way than I haven't really felt comfortable as a 10 month pregnant woman, but it was, it was clear that something was changing. And so I did have the mind games going on that, okay, I know I'm uncomfortable, but what if this isn't it? And then if this isn't it, when it actually does happen, what's it going to be like? Because this doesn't feel great. And, um, so the car ride home wasn't so much fun, but you know, I'd say we got home, probably around 10 or 11 ish in the evening, let's say. And I could not go to sleep. I could not take that advice of, you know, when you think, when you notice things are first starting, just try to get as much rest as possible. Well, it just wasn't happening for me. I could not lay down in any position that just wasn't, you know, making me all kinds of flustered. So I just went to the bathtub and I'm one of those people who really loves water. Like when I'm not feeling well, you know, whether it's my menstrual cycle or a headache or a cold or things like that, I just really love being in that space. It's very healing for me. It's very therapeutic. So I just stayed in our bathtub for the next couple hours and it it became clear at that point, you know, into the early, early morning hours, probably around, you know, one-ish, two-ish that we were getting into active labor. And so we called our midwife and, you know, she got some of the info and what was happening. And she said, yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're generally moving into active labor. She said, give me a call when contractions are at this stage. I don't remember exactly what she said, but whatever, whenever you're here, call me. So we just kept flowing. And that time was so beautiful and magical because it was just me and Matthew it was quiet. You know, we already live in a quiet neighborhood, but it being now like a Sunday morning, it was so Sunday, September 11th in the early, early morning hours. Um, it was just beautiful. You know, he brought me water. He brought me a little bit of food there, but I, I, you know, like I said, juxtaposed to what I thought I would be doing labor, like eating all this, you know, nourishing rich and enriching food that was not happening. So Mm -hmm. I had a little bit, but then I didn't (laughs) want to eat anymore. And he just sat with me. And one of the things that I really took from that time frame of labor was something that Matthew gave to me in the form of affirmation and just kind of acknowledgement of me. And he reminded me, he said, just be grateful, like be grateful for this experience. And when things are coming up, just go back into that gratitude space, you know, be grateful for your body, be grateful for, you know, baby Maya, be grateful for, for this. And that just really, resonated with me. And that's just something that I really carried through the, the rest of the early morning. And, uh, we progressed at the way that was required for my (laughs) midwife to come, whatever that looked like exactly. It was just, you know, them closer together and, and, you know, all of that jazz. So we called our midwife and she arrived with, uh, all of her gear. And that's one thing I want to mention that always, um, you know, stuck with Matthew that she was so prepared, you know, all the things that she brought from like an oxygen tank to anything that I would need, you know, an immediate postpartum in the case of, of hemorrhage or just all the stuff, you know, he was really, um, pleased with that, I guess you could say. And, um, so midwife arrives and then we had our midwife and two midwife assistants. So then they arrived, you know, kind of at their own speed. And then over the course of the next couple hours, you know, the birth pool got set up and I stayed in there. So I transitioned from our bathtub, which is very small. It's a standard bathtub, then into the blow up birth pool. And I stayed in that birth pool for probably 90% of the Mm. experience. Like I said, that water was just healing for me. And, um, the rest of the birth team filed in, you know, over the next couple hours at their own speed. So it was like Matthew's mom came, you know, a couple of friend of ours came where, um, he, uh, 
was actually for Matthew. So that was Matthew's like daddy doula. And then she was there for me. So, um, you know, and then I think the two or three others that we had in the group arrived and let's see the, the waves, the contractions, the whatever, however you want to refer to them were very intense. I would absolutely say that. And when I look back on it, like I've heard a number of other women, you know, as I've heard their stories, I think a phrase that is similarly used is I wouldn't classify it as pain, mm-hmm. but it was intense. Right. And so I, I, um, relate to that. That's, that's definitely how I would describe what I was going through. Yeah, I, it's like, it's <clears throat> not even, it's, it's because you can't compare it to anything else is what mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, it's, it's a sensation that is of its own. Yes, I, I agree. And yeah, it just, it, it has a, a unique quality to it for sure. And the way that I can also look at it in terms of, you know, the intense sensation aspect of it, it's sensation. And yes, if you even want to say pain with a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the essence that it's bringing the baby along and it's bringing baby here. Whereas sometimes now if I, <laughs> I don't know if I have something like I stub my toe or something, I'm like, this is worse than childbirth. <laughs> just in the sense that I don't get anything out of this. Like I got a baby out of that. But now when I have a stomach bug, I'm just like a total whiner about it because Mm -hmm. I'm not getting anything out of this experience. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I was very grateful and fortunate to have within my birth team, very strong hands. And I pretty much had a fist in either of my hips, like pressed in doing like the clothespin method for most of the time. So I'm very grateful for that. That was a huge, just, just relief, you know, or it just, it gave me that, that, um, edge to just kind of lean into when it came to the sensation aspect, uh, total labor was 12 hours, um, from start to when Maya arrived was about a total of 12 hours. And, um, what got things moving into the, the pushing phase. And then Maya arriving was, uh, my midwives encouraged me to use the restroom, just make sure the bladder was empty. I did, um, rewind one second before that, when I was kind of now realizing I was moving into transition, I did vomit. That was definitely not something on my list when I looked <laughs> at what my birth would look like, but it happened mm-hmm. and it was just, super nasty. There's no cute way to like describe that. Cause at this point I hadn't slept or eaten in 24 plus hours. Um, so it was, yeah, just not fun. Uh, but use the restroom. And when I came back from using the restroom, my midwife said, um, why don't you sit down here on the birth stool? And if you're okay with it, why don't I check you to just kind of see where we are? And, uh, I did, and she did, and I was fully dilated. And she said, okay, well, why don't we just try doing a couple pushes? Like, how about I work with you a little bit so you can get the sensation of what it is to push. And there in that moment, I kind of had this, wait, what? (laughs) Like, oh, this is what we're doing here. We're having a baby. I just thought for, I just had this, so many things crashed in my mind. And I thought, no, 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 I'm fine. Like we can just keep her in here forever. I don't, we're good. I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. Um, you know, just a little bit of fear dropped in, I would say. And a a few minutes before that, I had a fear, fear moment as well. When I was in the bathroom before I came out, I remember Matthew sitting there with me while I was having some contractions on the toilet. And I just looked into his face and I know this isn't what I meant, but it's just the only words that kind of came out. But I said to him, I said, this really hurts. And I think what that was, was just me tired you know, very tired. I, I thought, you know, during some of my, my contractions, I would have gotten like a wink of sleep in between or something like that. And I just didn't. So there were some of them that I, I literally just rolled through them in terms of like barely awake, barely with it. And so I was, I was definitely tired physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And, uh, yeah, I had a moment, you know, I just had that moment. And I I think I also thought in my mind, you know, what if I can't do this? That was when I had my moment of that. You know, what if we have to transfer? What if this, that, or the other? What if the podcast becomes tried to do it at home podcast? Mm-hmm. You know, I had all these thoughts in my mind. And so now here I am sitting and we're working on what it looks like to push. It took two pushes, I would say, and I just locked in. And something about like my mind and my body connected in a way that. Um, I'm a very athletic person, you know, I, I stay very active. And so I, I feel very in touch with my body and and my muscles and just, I feel great communication when it comes to my body. So when that 
locked in as far as this is what it means to push like these muscles I had never used before in that way. You know, this has never been an exit of me, um, (laughs) of a person at least. So, uh, once I felt that connect, I was like, Oh yes, something about it. I just got this surge and I kind of locked in and I sat on the birth stool and I, everyone's experience of pushing, you know, I've heard all sorts of different, you know, takes on it, you know, encouraging women, like don't push, let your body push, or even the, you know, fetal ejection reflex and all of that. And I just think it's whatever works for you and what you feel your body telling you. And so for me, I felt like between baby, me and my body, it was like, I'm going to own this part of the process because up until now I've been crashed and thrown all over these waves. Now I'm going to own part of this. And, uh, it just really, I felt very active and very like raw and athletic in it. And 45 minutes later she was born. And, um, it was, it was absolutely incredible. Um, I appreciated the birth stool. I did think I was going to birth in water. Uh, but I'm, I'm grateful for the birth stool. Cause I think just with that gravity and the, the being, being on land, you know, suited me for this birth anyway. And, when she came out, um, I can remember in the the video, um, like her head pops out. Right. And then all this fluid kind of starts to come out. And then I just had this yelp, this like, ah, because a head just popped out of me. Right. But the rest of her wasn't out yet. So it was like a pop. And then, you know, another second or so as my midwife, you know, um, assisted her out and it was just, it was shock. It was, um, the way that I, I always come back to this description of it whenever I'm talking about my birth, cause it's just the only thing that I've been like, yes, that fully describes it for me is as if I was a star that exploded mm-hmm. into a million tiny pieces all across the galaxy. And then in the experience of her coming out and being placed on my chest, it was as if now the task was to collect all of those pieces of me that had just exploded and put them back into a human body now and be functioning as a human body. Uh, and that task just seemed so overwhelming in the moment. And, um, you know, it was, it was everything and anything from magical to terrifying to, um, orgasmic to, to all of that. And, uh, there she was placed on my chest. Matthew was behind me sitting on a birthing ball or the, the yoga ball, excuse me, as I sat on the birthing stool. And what was beautiful about that I'll note is having him hold me and support me physically through every push of those 45 minutes. And so he'll tell you, you know, he experienced like the ripple of the physicality of it, like through me into him. And so he was <laughs> exhausted mm, after just from like sustaining my weight and holding me and, and all of that. But she was placed on my chest and he was sitting behind me. And, uh, that was another slight thing that changed. I thought Matthew would catch her. You know, we had talked about that and said that if the moment was there and if it seemed right that he would. Um, so at the last moment, I love this, you know, my midwife said, you know, if you want to catch the baby, you know, this was all unbeknownst to me at the time. But afterwards she was like, if you want to come here and catch the baby, like now is the moment to do it. And he didn't move. Cause he just knew that his best place was to be behind me, supporting me. And, um, as she was placed on my chest, she didn't make any noise, which was just so not what I expected. I expected this like loud crying baby. And so she was just very quiet. She didn't say anything. And so for a slight second, I thought that was a a sign of something being wrong. It wasn't, she was completely fine. Um, but that again, that just added to my kind of discombobulation. And within a moment of her being born, my midwife noticed that I was losing quite a large amount of blood. And so very calmly and so with, with grace and poise and a deliberate nature said, okay, everyone needs to move out of the way and we're going to get Sarah to the bed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's exactly what happened. Like this shifted, that shifted, these bodies moved and they got me to the bed. And as Matthew remembers it, cause I'm not aware of anything at this point, you know, I stood up from the birthing stool, I'm holding Maya and he just saw what seemed like a bucket of blood, you know, drop out of me. And that was very concerning for him, you know, that having not experienced anything like that and, uh, not knowing exactly what that meant, you know, or where it was coming from. 
So they shuffled me to the bed, laid me down and just immediately shot me with Pitocin right there in my leg. And everything was fine, you know, in a, in a matter of moments. And as that was happening, you know, and everyone was moving, I just remember, you know, Maya on my chest, Matthew up at my head and the way that he kind of positioned his body, he, uh, deliberately, you know, intentionally kind of blocked my vision from the rest of the room and what everyone else was doing. And then even what my midwife was doing, you know, shooting me with the Pitocin just to kind of keep me in this bubble. Um, because I didn't necessarily need any other external stimuli at that point. So I appreciate him for, for doing that and kind of going into that, you know, protector space holder mode. And, uh, so that, yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. uh, I love that. (laughs) I love that connection. And, and how you mentioned, like, you know, he, he just knew what you needed. You know, it's very clear that you guys have such a great connection throughout the prenatal experience during the birthing time, the way that you guys were able to really stay on the same page and, and on the same plane this entire time. And then for him to be able to know like, okay, this is what she needs right now. I need to be right here with her and with my new daughter and kind of blocking everything else out. That's such a beautiful aspect of this story. Mm, thank you. I, I agree. It's, uh, uh, I'm very blessed. You know, mm. we're very blessed and, um, we're, we're very big on our connection being super important, you know, in our lives and, and that our family dynamics and the kind of energy and the climate of the family really extends from that. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were very clear on that and we continue to not without challenge for sure. And sure. not without its days. Uh, but just remember that that's kind of, you know, it's ourselves as individuals first and then who we are and how we connect as partners and then, you know, how that influences now our family. Mm, that's beautiful. And so with the the birth story wrapping up and mm-hmm. you guys deciding to go ahead and publish this podcast, you know, getting it out there, it's been really clear that your home birth obviously influenced the podcast. Um, and, and with like the way that, you know, after you guys published it, you realized, oh my gosh, like there's this whole, there's this whole community that wants to be heard. Yeah. But how has the podcast now influenced your opinion and perspective of birth, like from gaining these other perspectives? Oh man, it's, it's amazing. Um, in one way I want to say I've learned so much and I know all these things about birth now and like I can hang in birth conversations and I can to an extent. And then the, the thing I want to follow that with is that like, I know nothing. (laughs) Right. <laughs> in the sense that every story that I've heard and we've heard 200 ish now, um, is so unique. You know, they are snowflakes. They literally are snowflakes. And, um, just the, the awe and the kind of wonder, you know, that we were talking about in terms of, you know, the, the female body and, and just the, the process of becoming a mother. Um, that's why I say, you know, like I know nothing just in the sense right. that everyone has their journey. Everyone has their experience from birth to birth. You know, even the same woman with multiple births can hit all across the spectrum. Um, so how it's impacted my life. I mean, of, of course, having the show and continuing to have the show, um, is a big part of our lives, you know, and, uh, it's not our career, you know, doing it at home isn't our career. And so for us to weekly carve out the time and the energy that we do to have the interviews, produce the show, um, create the community for people to engage and get involved with, I'm writing a book, um, you know, just all of those things. Uh, so it's, it's just impacted who we are as people in that sense, because now it's, it's inextricably woven into, you know, how I do anything that I do. And as a coach working with mothers, you know, and getting the opportunity to talk to mothers every week about their birth stories, I feel like I learn from that. And then I'm able to be more understanding, more compassionate when it comes to my clients and the work that I do. Uh, as far as who we are as a couple, I mean, it's certainly impacted. We've learned so much from our, our, 
interviewees, from our mm-hmm. guests, from the mothers themselves to the experts and the thought leaders that we've had on in, in various um, fields and various topics, you know, to how we parent, to how we run our household, to how we are as married people. And I just love watching Matthew, you know, being able to hang as a man, you know, in the birth world and and, and jive on, on birth stories and things like that and talk about placenta encapsulation. <laughs> like, that's just such an right. awesome thing. You know, we've had the privilege of speaking at events, local events here in Atlanta around the the birth community and the birth world. We've been on other podcasts and, uh, it's, it's just a part of like who we are in a way and something that I would have never thought for myself. And I can confidently say for Matthew either, you know, that we would be where we are right now doing something like a home birth show. And, um, it's certainly a fun conversation starter, you know, out in the grocery store or whatever, (laughs) when someone asks kind of like what we do and, um, yeah, the home birth podcast and like, Whoa. And, uh, that's the thing that I think is so cool too. And as far as what I think the podcast opens up for me is just possibility, you know, possibility in terms of when you talk to someone and they are doing something or experiencing something completely foreign to you, like to lean into that, you know, or to ask the questions or what you might be able to take from that and integrate into your life. So, um, it's so much more than the birth stories, which are in and of themselves amazing and it could stop there. And yet it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree. And And I feel like what you have provided, and it's kind of one of those, at least from my experience, it's like, okay, I'm able to give people a a platform. I'm able to give other mothers something to listen to and connect with. But man, like how much more am I getting back from being able to hear these stories and make these connections with other women and, and really feel the, all of the essence of birth and all of the emotions of motherhood just so consistently inundated. It's just such a blessing. Oh yes. I mean, it's it's a total feedback loop. It's totally symbiotic in the sense that like I get the oxytocin rush Mm -hmm. every time after I have a conversation and we've had to go through multiple rounds of like telling my ovaries to calm down. You know, when we get into a certain birth story that I'm like, Oh man, I want another baby. Uh, so there's, there's that side effect as well, which, you know, like I said earlier, needs to be kept in check, but (laughs) it's, uh, it is just truly, truly magical. Oh, I love that. Well, kind of on the last note, what do you expect with your next pregnancy birth experience whenever that may? Do you plan to incorporate anything new based off of what you've learned? Yes, I would say yes uh, in a simple statement. Um, what specific things? I'm not quite sure yet. You know, we're not there yet. Uh, when we do, we are clear we want another child, just not exactly clear when. Um right. But when that does uh, come to fruition, I would say I do want to experience a small birth team for the second time. You know, we did the large team. And I think just being that we've gone through it before, um, I envision now, you know, myself, Matthew, Maya, if it works out, I'm open to basically planning for her to be there. And with the caveat that if in the moment it's not working or whatever, you know, have a plan B for that. But I I would like to create the space for that. Um, Our midwife or whatever other care provider she brings, like an assistant assistant and a photographer, mm-hmm. um, possibly a doula. And that's, that's kind of it. I'd like it more, more intimate in that sense. Um, so I do see that, um, I do see, uh, some differences as far as, you know, my fitness and, and, um, how I approach that. I think part of how I was with my pregnancy with Maya, um, I wouldn't change anything, but I think there were parts of it. I just kind of ignored the fact that I was pregnant with certain things Mm -hmm. that I was doing. Um, and so that doesn't mean necessarily that I would change dramatically what I did, but just have the fullness, like the integration of, as I continue to work out or whatever I do that works for my body to just own being pregnant and not trying to be like, see, I'm still doing this. And I don't, you know, I think I had a little bit of ego going on around that. They're like, look, I'm doing pull-ups and I'm pregnant. And yeah, (laughs) I I might still do that and be pregnant, but it'll be a different energy. I can just tell it'll feel different. Um, and I'm sure probably a couple different resources and things like that, that I will utilize and people I'll be talking to that I just didn't know about the first time around. Um, and probably one of the biggest differences is a birth photographer. We did not have a birth photographer hired. Um, you know, one of our friends just took photos. So I'm very keen on having a birth photographer for baby number two. 
Oh, all very cool ways to kind of experience something different with, mm-hmm. with your next one. I love yeah. that. And I won't find out the gender. So we've Ooh. talked about that as well, that awesome. I will be a surprise. So I yeah. can, I can hang for the next one. First nice. one, I just couldn't. <laughs> no, that's what, that's exactly what we did too. We oh, found really? out with my daughter and then we didn't find out this time. So as this airs, I don't know, the baby might already be here. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. I know. Super exciting. Oh my goodness. Well, Sarah, would you mind giving all of my listeners your guys' information? Because I know they are going to want to learn so much more about your show and you and all that you're offering. Absolutely. So doing it at home podcast, you can basically listen to an any platform that you can listen to a podcast. So if you just search doing it at home, we're also a part of a network called parents on demand. So you could look them up and find us along with their shows. Um, our website is dihpodcast.com, and you can find our social media links there as well. We have Instagram, Facebook, a private Facebook group for the community. And then myself personally, sarahbivens.com is the best place to go where you could just find out about me, uh, my podcast, balance and motherhood, my coaching. Um, and I'm pretty active on Instagram, Sarah M Bivens. Very cool. Well, as we wrap up, Sarah, I just want to say thank you guys so much for all that you have done. You have provided such an amazing resource for the community, and I look forward to seeing all that you do in the future. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Caitlin. I appreciate you. Oh, there you have it. Such an incredible interview. I just still can't get over it. I'm so happy that I got to sit down and speak with Sarah. So let's jump into our episode roundup really quickly. The first thing that really stood out to me about Sarah's interview was how integral a part her husband, Matthew, played in the pregnancy, the prenatal care, and the actual labor and the postpartum period as well. And it made me just think about the fact that your partner can play such a critical role in the birthing experience. Now, of course, this doesn't match everyone's situation or preference, but I do love the idea of going into pregnancy as a couple and being pregnant together, as Sarah kind of put it. And it definitely made me think about ways that I can include my husband in our birthing experience more and to make sure that his needs are met alongside with mine. So I thought that was such an awesome point. I love that Sarah kind of tied that in again and again, just showing the the depth of their relationship. And the second point is honestly just a thank you. Thank you to the Doing It At Home podcast and all of the other platforms that help normalize the birthing process. There's so much time, effort, and energy that is clearly being put forth from their end, and yet they continue to show up every single week. What a blessing to have so many beautiful souls in the birthing community providing not only resources, but also a community and a meeting place for birthing mothers. So once again, go over and check out their podcast, Doing It At Home podcast. You can find them on all of the podcasting platforms. But that is all I have for you guys today. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you back here next week.